0: wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Pastor William Muala. I am the pastor of the Paravista Angola ST 7 Day Ventures Churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide and it is really wonderful to be able to share with you on today's program. This week you are in for a treat because we are taking as our theme the Bible and world religious trends. We started this on Monday and today we we are in for a treat because we are looking at the the topic the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. Now you don't want to Tune away uh, in the next few moments. And today, my co-host is none other than my good friend Pastor Gary Hodgkin. And for those of you who are regulars to Drive Time, you know Pastor Gary, and he is one of our faithful Drive Time hosts. But for those who may not know, Gary, Gary is a pastor of the Brighton Seventh Day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. And as I said earlier, he is one of our Drive Time hosts and Faith FM presenters. And I want to welcome you into the studio today, Gary. Hey,
1: welcome! Uh, thank you so much for that. We'll uh, love uh, love being able to come in and uh,
0: uh, and share with our listeners. You know, our listeners may not know, but it was actually you, Gary, that really trained me up to do what we are doing right now. Yeah, myself this the, and this is
1: actually the trouble. We've actually got so many people um, who are now trained up that I'm being done out of a job.
0: Oh dear me! Well, I really appreciate your ministry, um, Pastor Gary, and. Um, Thank you for your faithful service. I know you have a heart and a passion for Faith FM and broadcasting the good news of the gospel throughout the city of Adelaide. Hey, listen, Gary, we've just a couple of minutes before I get into my World Watch segment and then we get into the nuts and bolts of this whole uh, ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. Just want to ask you a couple of questions. And, you know, you're a pastor, obviously, Um I was just saying to you offline. Um, did you preach on on the weekend? You said absolutely, and I said, "Hey, why don't you share that with our listeners uh, on the show today?" So tell us a bit about what happened on church at church on the weekend. Oh
1: yeah, it was fantastic actually. I uh, I'm pastoring the Brighton uh, uh, Seven Day Venice Church over at uh, over at uh, at Brighton. Uh, it's a lovely uh, little church. This is a growing church. We uh, this last last weekend we had about eighty people in our congregation. We seem wow. to be getting a few additional people each. Uh, each weekend, and that's a that's a really
0: fantastic thing to be see to to see take place. Hey, Gary, you know what? Tell we were at ministers' meetings just on Monday, and you got up and you shared with our team all the past all the SDA passes here in Adelaide, and and I you were just. So filled with enthusiasm because of a, a particular story you shared. Why don't you share that with our listeners? Yeah, well, it was, it's actually really good, actually, to be able to have uh, people coming along to
1: your church who aren't just uh, people who have uh, got a religious background. And I, I really appreciate one of our uh, Faith FM listeners actually uh, came, to, uh, came to our church wow. uh, just a, a little while ago. And uh, uh, and uh, he knows who he is. He may, he's probably actually listening to us uh, right now. And uh, But I, uh, it, it is fantastic to... To actually uh, see one of our listeners come and uh, just uh, come and worship with us uh, yeah. week by week, it's a uh, uh, it really is fantastic. And look, I would just encourage any of our uh, listeners who may be here in Adelaide. If you're looking for a fantastic church, then uh, you'll be you'll receive a huge welcome over at Brighton. You look, this last weekend was actually the uh, uh, the conclusion of uh, what we call our uh, our week of prayer, or yep. week of devotion, and uh, we had actually met uh, every single night and uh, each and Night, we uh, we had about a, co- a quarter of our congregation. People came as they were able. Some had to work. Some, yep. uh, you know. So uh, we had about a quarter of our congregation each each night. Uh, but on the weekend, I actually um, finished by uh, by making a uh, an appeal to people to say, "Hey, look, what about recommitting your life? You know, in view of the times in which we're living, mm. to recommit your life uh, to Jesus Christ. You know, maybe you know you've never done this before. Maybe it's something that you you know have thought." of doing uh, and but you'd like to do and it was wonderful to have um a number of a number of people uh come and come to me and do exactly that they recommitted their life or they committed their life to jesus christ and you know to me
0: um things it's just so rewarding yeah when you see that take place praise god um so uh, it sounds like you had a really good time for this uh week of prayer oh, this, yeah, this yeah, last Oh yeah 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 we
1: we actually finished on the uh in the afternoon as a um as a group of young people actually we uh we went for a, a church bonfire and uh, and that oh, was that was really wow. that was really fantastic and uh, we just gathered around the fire and uh, uh had a real you know social event and that went uh, through most of the afternoon until it decided to start yeah. raining on us and at uh, that point we packed oh, up and decided okay. it was time to go home but right. uh uh yeah no it was uh uh it It was a lovely day. It is wonderful to have a rest day uh, at the end of every week. I just love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. uh, Just another quick question, uh, Pastor Gary, because we were chatting offline before um, we went we went live today. Um, You know, you been you told me you you've been in the ministry. For thirty-eight years,
1: yeah, I, I, I hate to say it. I mean, this grey hair does come <laughs> from somewhere, you know. And so, yeah, look, I've had the privilege of uh, working in ministry. I think I my first year in ministry, I think was uh, nineteen eighty-three, wow. uh, and that was in a uh, in a really cute uh, little church in South Queensland. And I, I I do a big shout out to my mates in South Queensland because these people up in, I love the Queenslanders. I've had the privilege of serving three times in uh, uh, in Queensland, and I. I actually started my ministry at uh, a church that, uh, it's now a very large church. It was uh, called in those days, it's the Springwood uh, Church. That was oh, where right. I, yep, I've been uh, to Springwood Church. Springwood Church, yeah. In those days, this was before the church was actually uh, built and we actually had just the hall uh, that's now down the, the back of that property, but it was a very youthful church and uh, they were certainly just uh, getting plans in order uh, for what is now the uh, now the church. And I can well remember wow. preaching in that church many, many times. And that was my first year in ministry as uh, as youth pastor, uh, and then I uh, had opportunity to go out into uh, to Roma and okay. uh, in in Central Queensland, and uh, love uh, that area. I was out there for, for three years, wow. and um, uh, and that was such a, a rewarding experience. I really take my hat off to uh, uh, to our people who are in isolated uh, isolated areas. You know, it is uh, it is actually such a beautiful experience you know you get uh get a depth of experience in those areas that you often don't uh, don't get um yep. when people are uh, are far more committed to the secular lifestyle that you, you sometimes get in the you know, in the larger cities
0: praise god hey listen gary um so i was just thinking as you were sharing that you know i'm only been this been my eighth year in ministry and it's interesting that when you go to a church and you pass to that place, um you know, it's my first year here in Adelaide and you don't really know the stories, uh, the previous minister, ministers, those who have gone before you and the blood, sweat and tears that have gone into where that church is at that particular time. Yeah. So I take my hat off to people like yourself Gary who's been in the ministry for you know for 30 plus years. That is a testament to God's faithfulness to you and and he's preserved you to being able to minister to ministry, so many people,
1: Will, I'm so conscious that Will that ministry is such a rewarding experience. You know, right, yeah. you certainly get your. Uh, you know, there are certainly times when uh, life becomes very difficult, and you uh, and you do look and say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm not really sure this is cut. I'm cut out for this." But you know uh, what i what I'm so conscious of is when you actually see lives being changed. Yep. You're seeing transitions occur in the lives of individuals. You see yes. young people a uh, transfer from Transition from being uh, people who really care only for themselves to people who are outward looking. You turn around and say, Hey, this is, yep. this is really worth, um, this is, this is, this
0: makes your life worthwhile. Mm. Praise God. I agree. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to switch gears now. Um, Pastor Gary, we're going to go to our World Watch segment. And for those who are new to our show, this is our, our little short segment where we share some current news that's out there on the world religious scene. But this one's a little bit closer to home. And uh, it's here in our neck of the woods, here in uh, in Australia. So this article that I want to read to our listeners today, it's um, it's the subtitle is um, it's basically called Catherine's story. So on eternitynews dot com dot au, they've um, this is an article that they put up online on just a couple of weeks ago, September the seventh, and it's a it's actually part of a series of what they call um, uh, a face story. So they kind of highlight particular people in the community and just what they're doing and how real life and faith uh, intersect. So I want to just read this article. I, I found there was a bit of overlap and some um, connection between her story and and uh, all of us, I guess, particularly in ministry as well. So let me start the article here. It says, Catherine's story, the value of rest. And uh, so here, here, here we go. This is Catherine's story. When I was 16, I decided I wanted to be a doctor. Growing up with an Asian mother, Medicine was always a desirable occupation. I studied hard and got in. By the time I was 21, I noticed that although I was good at taking 15-minute patient histories, uh, that is, working out problems and solving them quickly, I was forgetting how to talk to people and have normal conversations. So I took a year off. I extended my third-year medical elective in Africa to travel and returned home for a year. I called it my sabbatical and deliberately got involved in church and did a PTC, which is a preliminary, preliminary theological certificate. I spent really good time with God and with people. I chatted to them. It was good timing before I got swept away with the demands of a medical career. The following year, I was back to the grind. I finished my study and specialized in general practice. I set up my own practice at home and joined another practice as well. By the time I was 28, I needed to slow down again. So that time, instead of taking a full year off, I changed my work habits. I cut back, I cut back from full time to part time work. I helped start a church plant at Newcastle University, which I loved. Then the same thing happened when I was 35. And if you're doing the mass, 28 to 35, seven, I took a full year off now with a new bub and toddler. As I did, I noticed something. I'd been taking a sabbatical every seven years. I really liked that idea. I hadn't done it deliberately, but since then, I've kept that cycle going, resting and refreshing every seven years. For me, I love the reminder in Genesis two verse two that God rested. Thus, the heavens and the earth uh, were compelled, completed in all their vast array by the seventh day. God had finished the work He had been doing. So, on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. God didn't need to rest, but he chose to. And I'll probably just pause here and jump to you, Gary, to hear your insight. But listen to what she says next. That's what heaven is. God enjoying his world and his people. He delights in us and he rests. What do you think about that?
1: Ah, oh, look, uh, this this is absolutely core in the um yep. uh, in the big wide world that we're actually living in today. I, I will remember that we actually had uh, on one particular occasion. I uh, I will remember when I was pastoring in, in New Zealand, and that's yep. a beautiful country over there. Um, I actually came across some people who had actually discovered a thing called a Sabbath. Now, I don't want to move into Sabbath here, but the the thing, the excitement, and these people actually were not uh, Seventh Day Adventists. I am a, a Seventh Day Adventist. These people were not Seventh. Seventh Adventists. Right. Um, and they actually never became Seventh Adventists, but they had just picked up uh, this thing called Sabbath. and uh, okay. They actually uh, sat down and we spent a lot of time chatting together. And uh, uh, they, uh, I well remember them actually saying to me, they said, Pastor Gary, I don't get uh, why it is uh, that uh, you guys don't share um, this incredible blessing. Wow. that you have got more and I felt keenly rebuked because these <laughs> yeah. these people were saying this is absolutely fantastic this is what we need. Now this particular lady that you're actually mentioning there uh, love what she's actually doing but of course it's a biblical principle. One of the things that the Jews were encouraged to do yep. is to take, a, in fact theirs was every 49 uh, years I think to yep. take, the, take the whole year off uh-huh. but uh, they had at some point in their life they had a sabbatical and this is actually so key um, you know as I'm involved more and more of, in ministry what I'm finding is that people are are running almost a um, a rat race it's almost like they're on a constant a treadmill they can't get off the treadmill they've always got something yep. to do they you know I, I mean even ministry can become very yep. much like this I actually say to uh, to, to, my, to my church members I uh, and I've, I've actually said this in the sermons a couple of times I said look please don't feel that you need To come to church. Every seventh day, I said occasionally, and don't do it every week. <laughs> yeah. uh, but occasionally, I know yep. myself. I mean, I've actually got a uh, got a long weekend uh, coming up very soon. the October long weekend. I've actually programmed that to actually have a sabbatical. And on this occasion, myself Lovely. and my wife are just going to go up into the Adelaide Hills, and we're going to have just the weekend, just the, just the two of us. Um, then um, there are other uh, weekends when uh, I need to have, uh, t- and I will actually. Take a day and I'll go into the, um, I'll actually go into the, the hills and just spend the day. I love first thing in the morning as well. You know, I get out of bed. I'm a morning yep. person. Get out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and, uh, I like to be able to spend just a, a quiet time that time. This is so important because yep. you actually have quality rather than quantity.
0: Praise God. I love your insights there, Pastor Gary. And, um, Look, we've, um, I'm going to have to cut it short on this article because, um, but yet basically she's saying that in, in her hectic work as a GP, she needs that time to disconnect and just to spend time with God out in nature. It's a beautiful article that really just resonated with me to just. Just kind of tell ourselves. Can, can, can I just say, there will yep. this
1: this is actually just so important because we're living in in a world where you know people are struggling, and you know please feel free. It's okay to take time off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, um, we're gonna uh, go to a break in just a just a couple of moments, but um, before we do. Um, We'd like to promote a free book offer. So, for all of our uh, listeners that are driving home today, or if you're going to watch this at a later recording, uh, we'd love to offer you a free um, a book offer. And the title of this book is called "The Invitation: True Stories That Will Change Your Life." So, it's basically a, a it's basically a powerful book by a particular um, evangelist. It's a Christian, and uh, his name is now I, I might catch this. Alejandro Bullon, B-U-L-L-O-N. So to all my Brazilian friends out there, I apologize if I may not ever pronounce the name correctly, but he was born in Peru. Sorry, not um, Brazil. He was born in Peru, and he worked for more than 40 years in South America. He lives in Brazil. He has a great passion for in Public Evangelism and Communicating the Gospel. So it's really just a really practical book of stories, his own testimonies that has changed his life. He's seen the hand of God in his life. And we would love to put that free book into your hands. So if you would like a free copy of um, the book invitation, here's what I want you to do. I'd love for you to text SA14 sa one four two o four double eight Double eight oh That's please text just SA fifteen SA one five to O four double eight four one four. Oh sorry SA one four thank you carry <laughs> SA to 0488-880-811. and when you send the SA one four uh uh, code there, then uh, we'll get the friendly bot, we'll reply to you and you get your details, and then we will uh, get that book into your hands. So, uh, so please tune in, uh, continue to stay online, and we will be back in just a few moments. Let's go to some music now. Here is Melissa Otto with the song Citizen. <music> Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with myself, Pastor William Moala, and my co-host, my good friend, Pastor Gary Hodgkin. For those who are just tuning in, Pastor Gary is the pastor of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide, and he is also one of our Drive Time hosts. And if you're a regular listening to our program, you know Pastor Gary very well. If you've just tuned in here on Drive Time, we're taking as our theme for this week, the Bible and world religious trends. And today we're asking the specific uh, topic: the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. So, Gary, um, now we're going to get into the heart of our of our presentation today. Talk to us about this 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 idea of ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world. Now, that's a mouthful for for those who may be driving home. Maybe just uh, start a little bit of what that means, and then just dive in because I know you're passionate about this. And um would love to hear your thoughts here. what what can you share with our listeners on our program today. Okay, okay, thanks.
1: Thanks for that. Uh, we'll really appreciate it. Look, one of the things I'm really conscious of, we're actually living in a world right uh, right now where uh the, uh the ecumenical spirit is becoming more and more prevalent. Now, of course, the ecumenical spirit is the the understanding of churches actually coming together. Uh-huh. Um now that that definition is actually so important and I'm actually seeing it more and more it may be interesting that uh, uh, a lot of people don't uh, don't realise how how common this uh, this actually now is. I, I will remember some some years ago. I had the privilege in uh, uh, in Melbourne. Um, I I was uh, I was working here in South Australia, but I uh, was aware that over in Melbourne there was a thing called the Parliament of World Religions, and uh, this was a meeting of. Uh, it's not a true parliament. That's what they what they call themselves. Um, but uh, at that particular time, I, uh, I I'm actually a. A student, I, I love studying biblical prophecy, and I'm so conscious that you know, scripture has a great deal to say about um, uh, the world religious scenes, particularly just before Jesus Christ comes again. Yes, and so I sort of thought, hey, no, I'm going to go across to this, and I, I paid up my cash and went along. It was about a a week long of uh, of meetings, but there were so many people that were there. There were the Christians, there were the uh, the Buddhists, the Hindus, there was the Islamic faith, there was, you know, everybody who was anybody was at this, at this, and then every, of course, subsection of every major religion was there as well. Now, you know, after uh, two or three days I, I started to sort of realise that, hey, you know, there seems to be something something wrong here because uh, there seems to be some uh, you know, I mean, Christianity, I, I, I reflected on what was uh, actually shared by, by Peter in the book of Acts, you know, there is no other name given amongst men by which we must be Saved yes um, but of course, at the Parliament of world Religions, there was a blending, there was a coming together that started to make me feel incredibly uneasy. this wasn't just Christian religions coming together, this was all world religions actually coming
0: together. So can I just just jump in there because someone could be listening right now, um Gary, and they they could probably say. What's wrong with that? I mean, isn't everybody praying? Ah, now this is where this is where we're actually going to come
1: to. Okay. We're going to come to this because we have to understand exactly um exactly what we are talking about because that question, you know, aren't we all praying to the same God is in fact a very common question today. Right. And that's a question that uh people uh just a- accept
0: because it's a it's a good feel good statement. Even I've had, you know, mates growing up and, you know, when any you know, there's a common uh, well doesn't matter what you believe you know it's all all roads lead to Rome type of thing, or as long as you your your heart's that you know it's kind of like this real general kind of idea that as long as you're involved somewhere somehow religiously whether it's Buddha whether it's you know name your religion basically exactly it, it don't don't be too. Uh, dogmatic about it because that, that is actually the, uh, the environment that we are living
1: in. In fact, right. look, as far back as, uh, you know, 2013 was the first time I started collecting articles on this particular subject because I love, I, I've studied this subject. So, you know, the a, that's like eight uh, plus years. That's right. You know, and, and this one he was in the Foreign Affairs Journal in uh, 2013. And, uh, the talk was, uh, the article was entitled The Church Undivided. And of course, in those days, Benedict was the, was the Pope on the on the throne over there in uh, in Rome? And uh, this is what this is what it said. Christianity is mending a number of internal, long-standing ruptures. Uh, the eleven in the eleventh century, the faith splintered into the Western Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church. The sixteenth century, the Protestant Reformation further damaged Christian unity. Today, however, global Christianity is poised to heal these rifts and to emerge stronger than ever. Now that really jumped out at me. Because is it going to come out stronger out of the other end? You now, this is a really important question. Now, Will, if you're going to um uh if you talk to most people within Christianity, uh most of them will come to a uh to a biblical um a passage which is actually quoted repetitiously. Now, I'm I'm thinking particularly of uh, of John 17 and yep. of course this is this is Christ's prayer for his apostles and uh, this is what he says I do not pray for those alone but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they also may be one as you father are in me and I in you that they may be one uh, in us uh, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one uh, I in them you in me and that they may be perfect in one, you know, this is Christ's prayer uh, for believers. Now, of course, here he's talking about unity, and uh, certainly, uh, when I've heard this subject spoken on from many different sources, this mm-hmm. prayer is continually referenced. Um, you know, as being unity, is, as is presented as the great Christian ideal. Mm, yep. um, now to come to your question and I'm conscious that we've got so much ground that we um uh, that we do uh, actually need to uh uh we do need to uh, to cover. Um but you know this issue of uh, of unity I'm so conscious that this isn't the um this isn't the the only time Christ spoke about unity. And in a moment, I'm going to come back to that particular passage because I think it's important mm-hmm. that we dig into it and really understand what Christ is saying and, most significantly, what he is not saying. Okay. Um, because, you know, I, I, what I'm going to suggest today is that the current ecumenical spirit that is in our world is actually not the same as Biblical unity. Wow, now, okay, you want to say that one more time, go? Okay, th- this is really important. I'm yep. going to suggest that the current ecumenical spirit that we're seeing in our world today yes. is not the same as as biblical unity. Now, okay. um this now, now it's important that we come to the scriptures on this uh, this particular issue. Now, let's come to uh uh to Matthew chapter chapter 10 because you know this isn't all that Christ actually had to say on this particular subject. He did have some other things to say on the subject of unity as well. But you know, it's interesting. Nobody bothers to quote Uh, these other passages, uh, are these other teachings of Christ. Uh, This is uh, Matthew 10, and I'm looking at verse 34 and 35. Here Christ is speaking to his apostles, and he says this, Do not think that I am come to bring peace on the earth. I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, Okay. Uh, and against her mother in law, uh, um, sorry, and against her mother and her daughter in law, against her mother in law. Well, some people would say that's a fairly common thing, anyway. <laughs> but uh, we won't uh, go into that. Um, and uh, man's enemies will be those of his own
0: household. Now, uh, c- tell me, Will, do you see unity in this passage? No, doesn't doesn't sound too. Um doesn't Doesn't sound doesn't sound that way. <laughs>
1: it doesn't sound that way, does it? I mean, this is this is in the family of no. Christ is actually speaking about now. Um, you know, and, and if you uh, actually come across uh, just uh, a little bit to uh, uh to Luke chapter twelve, and look, if you happen to have your scriptures with you or you on your iPhone, just pick up some of these passages because they're actually so so important. Now, this is uh, Luke chapter twelve, and uh, we're looking at uh, at verse uh, verse uh, fifty. Fifty-one, Luke 12, and it's uh, verse 51. And uh, this is Luke's record of the gospel. And uh, again, Christ is recorded as speaking to his, uh, his apostles. And uh, he says this, Do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all. But rather, what's the next word? Division. Mm. Not at all but rather division. From now on, five in one house will be divided against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her
0: mother-in-law. Wow. In wow. This, we don't often quote these um, verses when we're having this discussion on ecumenic. Ecumenical Spirit. discussions,
1: yeah. These are the great, you know, I've actually got a, a series that I do actually preach entitled, you know, The End Times and the Hard Sayings of Christ. And there are actually four or five really hard sayings of Christ that, uh, I, we tend to overlook. And, mm. you know, the thing I'm conscious of, Will, is that these hard sayings of Christ are actually sayings that are, uh, we tend to ignore. Yeah, you know it's so easy to simply pick up the um, you know John and Christ's prayer for unity, but hey, that wasn't quite all Christ said on this subject. So look, let's come to one more. Um, uh, Luke, uh, sorry, uh, John chapter seven and verse, um, uh, and this is verse uh, forty-three. Uh, John chapter seven and verse. Uh, uh, well, we'll go from verse forty. Then many from the crowd, when they had heard this saying, said, "Truly, this is a prophet." Others said, "This is Christ." But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the seed of David, from the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division. Division. There's that word again. There was a division amongst the people because of him. Now, do you know, as I read this, I am just so conscious that, you know, this is something that. you know, we tend to overlook. But look, Will, we need to ask the question, um, why does Christ bring division mm. and disunity? And we're going to come back to Christ's prayer in just a, just a yeah. moment. But why does he actually bring, why does Christ say bring, why does Christ talk about dividing, you know, his mm. message dividing people? I mean, this is one of the really hard, yeah. hard questions of, of Christ. Can, can One author that I read on the subject actually uh, put it this way. Because the church, when it is really the church, is bound to be the conscience of the nation and the society. The church of the scriptures talks about things like sin, judgment, and the need for repentance. It challenges what you watch, listen to, and yes, what you eat and drink. Where there is good, the church must praise. Where there is evil, the church must condemn. And inevitably, men will try to silence the troublesome voice of conscience. Does this make sense to you? Have you seen this sort of thing happen?
0: Yeah. And I I think probably why there is a spirit of let's get together, it's maybe to, you know, not to address some of these things that that you know, Christ is teaching here in the New Testament,
1: and, so. and and that and that's actually so so true. You know, the thing that I'm conscious of is that right now um, this call for unity uh, is actually occurring, but it's it's occurring on certain grounds that churches have traditionally actually not spoken about. I mean for example, um I've got I uh, I've got one article that I share with people when I preach on this particular subject. It's uh, uh it's a significant church leader he's saying let's unite against war and violence. Now, hey, that's something that I would certainly support. That's a good thing. It's also something that uh, people of all religions will actually support. Uh, another significant religious leader uh, s- said this when he uh, actually talking to the uh, to the UN, the environment is sacred. Yep. Like humanity. Now the environment is actually flying right across all religions at this point in time. Um, uh, the, another one of those subjects that's being spoken about is the issue of inequality. And hey, look, hey, I, I, I think inequality, I certainly uh, would like to see inequality addressed. Um, um, you know. Ethics, the cult of money, that's a, that's another issues, uh, issue. But do you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of there, Will, is that it's when the Holy Spirit actually changes the heart and the mind of the individual, what happens mm. is they actually have a, a change in how they think and how they actually act. And when there is a change in thought and action, then society itself I mean this is how Sir William Wilberforce at the time of the and the the British nation did away with slavery he was a you know he was a clergyman himself he got elected to Parliament him with um, mm-hmm. uh, John Newton the writer of amazing grace uh, teamed up together uh, and both of them uh, coming from a Christian perspective did away with slavery yep. throughout the British Empire lots of people don 't actually realize that it's actually Christianity that did away with slavery wow. in, uh, in Britain. And uh, as I look at that, I, I, t- I say, hey, these are worthwhile things which need to occur, but they only happen when the heart and the mind of the individual is changed. Uh, do you know one of the things that I'm so conscious about is that there are some things that – Certainly all, all Christian churches have actually always uh, spoken about and certainly the scriptures teach very, very clearly. And that's things like, for example, uh, sin. And the need for repentance, mm-hmm. and the need to come to Jesus Christ, and you know that has been heart and core of a Christian belief and practice. And yeah. uh, I, I'm so conscious that without without preaching those things, then people don't come to Jesus. As a result of not coming to Jesus, uh, their heart and their mind is never changed, and the world itself is not actually changed. Uh, you know, my fr- you know one of the things I, I'm just so conscious of is an ecumenical spirit uh, that is actually based on the political changing of um, the environment or inequality actually is not going to work um, because yes uh, these things are important but they are not what these the core things that the scriptures actually call us to uh, to preach and right.
0: teach so what you're saying there is um Gary is that although some of these are uh, current uh, you know events these current uh, situations like the environment and inequality and all these things are you saying that when churches unite on on these types of agendas um although they may be are uh, good i guess in in many respects what you're seem to be saying what i hear you saying is the real core of what unites christians is the gospel message the and, gospel and the call for people accept the good news as it is in Christ.
1: The good news, and that includes, I mean, a person doesn't actually want to come to Jesus unless they first realize that, hey, I'm a sinner. You know, the scriptures are very clear that the human heart is naturally deceitful above all things and desperately Desperately, wicked, and who can do it? Who can know it? Now, you know, to me, someone who is desperately wicked above all things, how can you possibly say to them, hey, look, you know, we want to resolve the issue of war and violence? because that's what they naturally want to do. You actually have to change the human heart uh, before you can actually change, okay, change get what these, you're these now, things. Yeah. Do you, do you yeah. understand this? This is actually uh, the human heart. Changing
0: the human heart is so core to what the Scriptures are actually saying. Well, listen. Look, I'm loving your passion here, Gary, and I'm loving how um you're just opening up these texts and kind of giving us a different perspective on this idea of unity. Yes, there's John 17 on one hand, seems very simple to understand, but then, hey, there's other passages where Jesus is saying, you know, almost seems to be saying the opposite. And I'm hoping that after the break, we're going to tie these two loose ends together and give a more complete picture when Jesus then, really does talk about unity, what is he actually saying? But Before we go, we're going to have to go to a break in just a tick, uh, Gary. But before we do, we just want to um, promote our free book offer again. That is the book, uh, The Invitation, uh, True Stories That Will Change Your Life. It's a very powerful book. It uh, contains the stories of people destroyed uh, by life circumstances and rebuilt by the love of God. And so you want to get your hands on a copy of this invitation, um, True Stories That Will Change Your Life, um, it's really just a story about how people's lives have been changed uh, by the power of prayer and God being uh, with these p- particular people. So if you want a copy of The Invitation, True Stories That Will Change Your Life, please text the code word SA14 to 488 And the code word again, SA14 to 488 Double eight zero eight double one. Text that through and our friendly bot will uh, reply, get your details, and we'll get that book sent out to you. Um, so, for now, we're going to turn to some music. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time.
2: Letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war tomorrow
0: Back, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Q and A with Pastor William moala and today my co-host is Pastor Gary Hodgkin. Uh, Gary is a pastor of the Brighton Seventh Day Adventist Church here in Adelaide, and he's also one of our Drive Time host presenters. Uh, this week we're taking as our theme the Bible and world religious trends And today we are looking at the topic the ecumenical spirit in a post-biblical world Gary we just went to a break just a few minutes ago And I kind of um, had to put the pause on you before uh, we headed into the break So as we near the home stretch uh, in our program today uh, Walk us through, you we, we, you talked about this idea of of unity you, you started with John 17 and then you shared a number of passages That almost seem to say the opposite then uh, So yeah walk us through how, how do you bring it together What is Jesus really saying in that gospel When he says that we may be one Okay okay I, I And look
1: this is a, such a key question there Will You know many people actually haven't gone and uh, read uh, This particular passage at any depth And uh, I actually want to go back to that particular prayer Because it is something Christ wants His believers, his followers to be united Yes um, But the key question is United To whom and to what? Um, This this is not uh, uh, this is never written as being a carte blanche um, uh, license uh, for uh, believer and unbeliever uh to be united can the carnal and the the holy actually be brought together right. uh they actually uh, can't it's actually not all uh, that uh, that is something that uh, within the scriptures is mm. actually a major problem and I'll come to that in just a moment but look let me just come to i, I love actually reading every now and then from my devotional time from the new living translation yeah. it's one of the more contemporary uh versions It's a good translation. That's come out yeah. it's, a, it's a lovely little translation and so i'm going to pick up uh Christ's prayer uh from the new living translation this is this is what it says. I am praying uh, not only for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me because of their testimony. I think that's beautiful. Christ is actually praying for you and me. Yeah. You know, he's actually praying for our listeners. He's you know, for those who are He's actually praying for those who will believe in my testimony. Now I want you to notice yeah. that. You know, he actually specifies who he's actually praying for. Okay. For those who actually believe in me, Jesus Jesus Christ, I am praying praying for them. My prayer for them all is that they, that's those who believe in my testimony, uh, shall be one just as I am, um, just as I uh, uh, are one, Father, that just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. Now, I think this is, this is really beautiful because what it means is this, is that just as the Father and the Son are one together, Christ's prayer is saying, Hey, I want the believer. I want my sons and my daughters. I want them uh, to be one with the Father and with the Son. This is, you know, this is Paul when he talks about it, talks in Philippians. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Christ Jesus. Jesus, In other words, here we've got Christ's appeal. There is a unity that's actually taking place between the Father, the Son, and the believers who have accepted Jesus Christ. Yes. Is Christ praying here uh, for um, the unbeliever? Well, actually, he's not. Uh, Is he actually praying uh, for the individual who um, hasn't accepted Jesus Christ? Well, no, he's not. He's not praying for them. Okay. He's actually praying here for believers. Now, to me, this is so significant. Um You know,
0: the thing and, I'm... And just... Go on. Not to say that Jesus is not praying for unbelievers. I mean, he. it's God's will that everyone comes to a saving relationship with... With, with the Lord. That's
1: a different prayer
0: to this yes, prayer, however, yeah. because this prayer is a prayer
1: for unity yes. with the Father. You see, yeah. it's only possible to be in unity with Christ and with the Father if, in fact, you have accepted uh, them. Yes. It, it, it's not possible to be part of the family until you've been adopted into the family. Okay. Now, the Holy Spirit is working on the hearts of every single individual. After every one of our listeners saying, yeah. hey, my son, my, you know, please come come to me, please accept me uh, into your life. That appeal is there. But, you know, uh, adoption doesn't actually occur, I suggest to you, until the the time when a person says, Jesus, come in into my heart when i come when he comes into my heart at that point i can be one with the father and with the son and i can be one at that point with my fellow believers because you know let this mind be in you that is also in christ jesus all of a sudden what starts to occur is that the mind that is in jesus also comes into the mind of the believer and we start thinking common thoughts right you know this is so Im- I, I suggest to you this is this is really key because uh, the the religious world that we're actually functioning in today is really uh, is really struggling in so many areas Do you know as i uh, as I look at uh, uh, you know paul in uh, in Thessalonians he yep. talks about a thing called a great apostasy that's going to occur okay. you know is there, a, is there a desire uh, within Christ's prayer for uh, the Christians to be united in apostasy? Uh, well, let's see what it says. Uh, Let no one deceive you by any main, any means, for that day will not come unless there's a falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes himself and exalts above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Uh, do you not remember when I was with you that I told you hold you of these things what paul is saying here is that there's going to be uh, certainly post his time a falling away uh, now uh, okay. is can 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 christians who have fallen away be united with uh, people who are have been adopted truly into the um into the family of God, I suggest to you that's actually an unbiblical belief. You know, as I go into uh, Paul's epistle to to Timothy, of course, uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, I'm just so conscious that this is the last letter he ever wrote. You know, he's sitting in prison yeah. bars when he's writing this particular yeah. letter, and uh, it talks about uh, the end the end times, and uh, uh, you know, in the last days, perilous times are going to come, and he makes this great list of uh, of things that uh, people are going to be doing but he concludes it by saying these individuals always are always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth Uh, you know uh, know, fortunately in scripture what we find is that Paul continually is calling people uh, into a relationship with Jesus Christ when they are truly walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ those individuals will be able to walk in unity together um, and uh, uh and we find that they're also in unity with the father and with the will of the uh, will of the father and the will of the son so you get this beautiful unity uh, but you know um as i read the scriptures belief and unbelief and particularly the ecumenical spirit where I am seeing repetitiously people saying in the world in which I am living today yeah. that, hey, it really doesn't matter whether I've accepted Jesus Christ or not. It doesn't matter if I'm a secular person or not. It doesn't matter if I'm part of the many other world religious uh, movements who don't accept Jesus Christ. I mean, the book of Acts is actually very forthright here. It, uh, it does turn around and say, you know, Peter says, there's no other name given yeah. amongst men by which we must be saved now uh, Will, this strikes me as an incredibly radical belief i mean yeah. uh, this is something that i know it's it's certainly something that uh uh we live in a world today that you know how hey, you're saying uh, this is uh, this is this is discrimination well is uh, the scripture is actually saying, hey, look, you know, I want you, I desperately want you. There is a universal invitation within the Scriptures. Come unto me, all you who labour bare and yeah. heavy laden, yes. and I will give you rest. The invitation is absolutely universal, but Christ's prayer is actually a prayer of for believers. Okay. Um, you know, the, yes, there are other prayers which are directed at the unbelievers, but you know, uh, this church has actually been called, uh, to talk about things like sin. It's actually been called to talk about, uh, the need for repentance. It's been called to, uh, call people uh, to a relationship in Jesus Christ.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I, I guess when I'm listening to you, Gary, I see, so, So basically, John 17, when Jesus is praying for unity, in the immediate context, he's praying for people who have given their lives to the Lord Jesus. They've accepted the gospel as it's revealed in Christ, and Jesus is saying in that prayer, on behalf of his disciples, that he's praying that the unity that he has with the Father, that they may experience that same a, unity with each
1: other, and also with the, because the Father and the Son are inviting them into
0: a unity. And I guess what you're trying to, um, you're, what you're trying to stress today and our show, Gary, is the ecumenical push, if as it were, that we see in a lot of uh, Christian circles today. It's not driven on that premise. It is of,
1: actually. I, I suggest to you, it's actually a. Political motivator okay. I yep. suggest to you it is based in Politics it right. is not Based in the uh, In the call of the spirit of God
0: Yeah well listen, That is so, a sobering thought for us To ponder and particularly for our listeners today As they um, as they're driving home as they're Listening to this you know Jesus at the End of the day he does want unity but A, a, a unity based on a relationship With him and with the father You know it reminds me um, Gary um, In um I think it's in First John when you know how the the First John chapter one it opens up with John saying you know that which was from the beginning we've seen we've handled we've touched the word of life and then he's almost inviting them that the fellowship that they have the, the, inviting people to have that same fellowship that the the fellowship that they have with the Father with the Son he's inviting others to be part of this community and and that is actually
1: really key what you've actually said because you know certainly that's first john yes. the first chapter and verse 1 to 3 and uh, uh that particular passage is is really key because what you get is the disciples bubbling over you know that which we have seen and heard we declare to you, and I believe that is in fact what the Father uh, wants us to do, to be able to, to share the yeah. wonderful, the mighty things that He has done for us. You know, the things that I've touched and tasted, the things that I've experienced, they're the things that we want to share
0: with yeah. you. Hey, listen, our, our time's almost up, Gary. Could I ask you a favour? Could you please pray for our listeners out there? You've, you've shared some things that are, that are pretty confronting, challenging. And in light of what's happening in our current world events, and so um, I'd love for you to just, uh, yeah, just pray for our listeners. Pray for those who are, you know, searching for God. You know, they're, they're listening. Uh, why love don't to. you pray for 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 our listeners today?
1: I have to, Father in heaven, Lord, come to you right now. Lord, I I just want to say thank you yes. uh, for your word. Uh, Lord, I want to say thank you for the, uh, the Son, Jesus Christ. I want to say thank you uh, for uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, thank you for your invitation that uh, that we, in walking with Jesus, may be in unity with the Father and with the Son. Amen. Lord, I pray that you might uh, might forgive us for the times that we have um, tried to be in unity uh, with all that the world has actually yes. um, offered offer us. Uh, Lord, I just pray for any right now who might be struggling and some way i just think of uh, some who might be sick i think of those who might be um struggling financially there might be relationship issues yes uh, lord i just pray that you might uh, fulfill the desire of their hearts yes. uh lord i pray that you might answer their prayer i pray lord that you might become very
0: real to them i just pray in jesus name amen amen and amen well, hey, it looks like our time's up for today. Thank you, uh, Gary, for sharing uh, such a beautiful presentation today. So you've been listening to myself, Pastor Will, and uh, Pastor Gary here on Drive Time, Big Q&A. Uh, please join us tomorrow when we have our good friends, Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh. They're going to be spending the entire time tomorrow discussing the the question, are there biblical limits on unity in diversity? You don't want to miss... Tomorrow's show, you will absolutely love it. So we really look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. But until then, please remember the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where he says in the Gospel of John, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.